Hello, all my beautiful people. It is time once again for another amazing episode of If You Give a Data Podcast. So this week I have with me somebody who is a little bit more on the serious side of things. This episode is actually going to talk about um, sexual exploitation of children and uh, sex trafficking and the problem that we have in the United States with that and about what we can do to try to make things better to where we don't have this happen. Um, because this is a very serious problem and we need to do everything that we can to get rid of this problem. So I have with me today Alan Smith. He's the co-author of the book Men Fight For Me. We will talk about that book in this episode as well as the company that he is an executive for called Saving Innocence. Um, great guy it was a great conversation it was a very eye-opening conversation and i think you guys are really going to learn something in today's episode so if you're as excited as i am then let's get this show on the road if you give a dad a podcast hey dad so where did you actually train at I made a really good career out of being able to bump, sell, and I had a punch me face. I wasn't about to call you dad, so. <laughs> Seriously? I felt like I was in an anime or something. People get really mad at those videos for some reason. Like it triggers really? certain people. Yeah. Bloop. Wow. I was actually lost as an infant, and I was taken in by a traveling group of independent wrestlers. <laughs> I love it. I'm excited for this one. Bro get punched in the face on the daily do you always do these interviews with your shirt off <laughs> what man this guy won't shut up okay before i get started you ever had a design in mind and you wanted to put it on a shirt or a hat or a cup but you just didn't know who to go to well come on over to rnl designs where they make all of your custom needs come true they make custom hats, they make custom shirts, they make custom mugs, they even do the tumblers and the glass mugs as well. They do key fobs even. They have great prices and they have a reasonable turnaround time. If you need anything custom, these are the people that you need to hit up today. You can find them on Facebook and that is at R&L Designs. You can also find them on Instagram at r&ldesigns19. They have a Facebook page. They have an Instagram page. They update it regularly with new products. You can also message them if you have something in mind. Hit them up today for all of your custom needs. Give them a like. Give them a follow. All right, everybody. So today I have with me somebody a little different than what you normally hear on my episodes, but I feel like this is a very important topic to talk about today, uh, and that is uh, human trafficking. Um, the guy I have on today is the executive director for Saving Innocence. It's an anti-human trafficking community-based organization focused on recovery and restoration of child victims of sex trafficking. Uh, they're based out of the L.A. area. He is also the co-author of a book called Men Fight for Me. Um, he's a father and a husband, and I'm very excited to have him on the show today. Alan, how are you doing? 
I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me. I, I I love coming in here amongst all the wrestlers and musicians and all those fun people. So thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think we're just going to kind of jump right into this and everything. Uh, y'all, you guys reached out to me a few months ago, and I know that this month is Human Trafficking Awareness Month. So I feel this is great timing to have you on the show to bring about awareness for this. So kind of tell me a little bit about Saving Innocence. What is it and how did it get started? Yeah, in about 2010, uh, Saving Innocence was founded, not by me, but our founder, a woman by the name of Kim. Mm -hmm. And she had traveled around the world and saw all kinds of examples of human trafficking and exploitation of adults and children. And then she came back home to Los Angeles where she grew up and started seeing all the same things happening that were happening around the world, but nobody was talking about it. Nobody understood it. There wasn't the right language around it. And she said, I have to do something. And so she said, I'm going to start an organization and and fight for these kids that are caught up in trafficking and uh, started Saving Innocence in 2010. And and, um, since that time, you know, going on about 13 years now, um, we've focused, our specialty has been, as you mentioned earlier, and you read it, the recovery and the restoration of child victims of sex trafficking, kind of the worst of the worst of yeah. the human trafficking examples. And um, I know there's a lot of dads listening right here today. You can't imagine your 12, 13, 14 year old being bought and sold a dozen times on the street. And, right. um, and so it's our honor to be in that space and contracted by LA County. And we show up as first responders in the middle of the night, usually, and take these kids out of that dangerous situation and get them everything they need. And, uh, that's that's what we've been up to our eyeballs in now for you know over a decade. And in the middle of that, we do some training and we actually have started a foster family agency outside inside of Saving Innocence for these kids and oh, wow. um, training and all kinds of things. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, is y- you don't realize, I guess, how uh, prevalent and prominent that this is, that it's happening. It's a, it's a real problem. And people, I guess, don't notice the signs. And I have two children. I have a daughter and a son, both. And, you know, I couldn't imagine, um, this happening, you know, and going through that. So it, it, what are some of the things that uh, are there signs that you can kind of look at or signs that maybe you can see, of this happening or about to happen. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, an incredibly terrible, brutal reality in our country or throughout the world. Uh, right. but it's, it's been known as the fastest growing crime in the world. If you can imagine that, mm. uh, the, the business model of it, and it's crass and ugly to talk about it like that, but that's exactly how it's seen through the eyes of the trafficker, there's a customer, there's a buyer, there's a product, there's a profit and a loss. It's all the business terms you ever learned in school mm-hmm. are applied. Except the only problem is the product is uh, vulnerable people, oftentimes children. And so right. um, some of the signs, the warning signs, if you will, um, you know, there's a lot of them. Uh, the, the, the biggest percentage of those that are swept into trafficking um, are, are children who are coming from already adverse childhood situations. A lot of them are already in the foster care system, but not all of them for sure, mm-hmm. but a lot are. And it's a lot of kids who have already experienced uh, an abuse of some kind, usually from the people closest to them, and um, but, but not all. There are traditional kidnapping scenarios right. that happen um, 
And, but a lot of them, it's more of a slow build where they're groomed, if you will. And so in this grooming process, there's a trafficker and I, I call them a predator. That's exactly what they are, dads. So as you're thinking about your child mm-hmm. on the internet, on social media, maybe playing video games where it's a live conversation with somebody else who knows where in the world they are or who they are. Uh, FBI says there's a, a million predators online at any given time. Oh, wow. And yeah, predators. You don't think of it being that many, but yeah, wow. And and that's honestly, that's a little bit of an older stat. Uh, then the pandemic came and everybody was online more than ever mm-hmm. and unsupervised more than ever. Right. It was like Christmas morning for the predators and the traffickers because now all of a sudden everybody's online all the time. Right. And um, so, you know, you your, your kid starts talking to someone that online that you don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be concerned about that. I would teach your kids uh, the basic uh, internet skills, social media skills, you know, no public account. They only get private accounts. Don't accept a, a friend request from someone you don't already know. Yes. We're not trying to meet strangers online. You can, you know, be friends with your friend who's in English class or something like that. But <laughs> if your kid starts to withdraw a little bit and, you know, the biggest percentage of these kids that are trafficked are young girls. And so, um, you know, maybe they start showing up with things that they can't afford. Uh, right. Like, how'd you get that in purse? Um, you know, a lot of times they'll start getting tattoos in places that don't look like the kind of tattoo that they should be wearing. And so if you see a kid with a tattoo, maybe on their neck or even on their face in a visible way of some dollar sign or some kind of a thing like that, that's a warning sign. Something bad is happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we could go on and on, but um, for those of you parents uh, specifically dads probably more than more than anything are listening right now um stand the gate be a be stand watch and these these predators are they're trying to work their way into your child's life and um you just got to be vigilant and i'm not trying to make a big scare tactic and a big big dramatic sort of thing but it really is true and you know we've all seen the the National Geographic video and and you see the lion, you know, kind of slinking down in the tall grass and that herd of zebra go running by. Yeah. Does he jump on the strong, confident and aware zebra in the beginning of the pack? No, no. almost never. What no. does he do? He waits the for that. One. The weak one who's trailing yeah. behind, who's oblivious to whatever's happening and not strong and fast. He jumps on that one for his lunch. So if I could challenge all dads and men everywhere and women too, but we're talking to dads, I think more than anything right now, uh, dads, uh, raise your children to be strong, confident, and aware, not weak, timid, and oblivious, strong, confident, and aware of their surroundings in an age appropriate way, using age appropriate language. You're not trying to freak your kid out for the rest of their life. (laughs) But they do, they do need to understand yeah. what a predator is and that those predators exist in our society. Yeah. I, it's one thing I've always, we've always done with our kids is uh, stranger danger. You know, you know, if you got somebody trying to come and talk to you that you don't know, you need to tell them one of us. And uh, that I, it's funny because, you know, even like my kids have played stuff like Roblox and things like that. Well, I had somebody walk up to me and try to trade with me, and I don't know who that is. You know, tell us those things, and it—it's important because uh, 
I know you're saying this, but it's even little things that um, maybe you might not even think of that they are kind of getting in there and starting to talk to these kids. And it's scary because there's a lot of times you're not going to think of every little thing. And so you have to stay vigilant, like you said. It's a different world than, you know, anyone who's the age of a dad right now, if you're 25 mm-hmm. to 45, you know, kind of a thing. It's a different world than that your kids are growing up or maybe you're, 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 ha- you're going to be having a child before too long. It's a really different world. And um, the internet is so amazing and there's, it's, it's incredible, you know, the value that it can bring our society, but in those same two seconds that you get something great from the internet in yep. those same two seconds, you can stumble onto something um, that's dangerous and, right. and, you know, tragically dangerous. And so, us as parents more than ever need to be vigilant, need to be aware. If your kids are getting old enough to have smartphones and be on the internet, uh, mm-hmm. you got to put that, you know, on steroids, be aware on steroids. Right. And, uh, and yeah, there's good know. apps out there as well. Uh, yeah. We actually use two on our kids' phones and we have Bark and we have um, uh, Family Link on both of them. So, you know, that way we can, you can see and it will tell you if there is a, uh, well, there was, something being said that we flagged for you and they'll tell you immediately, you know, so those things are good to have. You know, I always, I always tell dads when, when you, if if, if you may have already missed it, but if you haven't missed it yet, if your child, your kid does not yet have a phone, Uh when that time comes for that conversation, you just let them know on day one. Okay. Here's how this works, Johnny. Uh, (laughs) This is my phone. I bought it. I pay for it. That means it's mine. And I'm going to let, I'm going to lend it to you. Aren't I nice? I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to pay for it. But you know what that means? Because it's my phone. I can look at it anytime I want. Correct. And I can, I can, I set the rules for how you use my phone. And if I want to look at it, I want to inspect it. I get to do that. Correct. And if little Johnny says, I'm not doing that. That's no good. Okay, cool. Then you don't get, the you phone. Don't get my phone. <laughs> you don't get my phone. Yep. When you, get a little older and you get your own job, you're going to buy your own phone. I can't look at it. But for right now, if you want your phone, like everyone else in your school has, these are the rules. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, so many dads have gone soft and weak and they're afraid to, you know, uh, put some rules down and some expectations. And now more than ever, we need rules and expectations. The, the thing I see a lot is they try to be their friend, you know, and it's okay to have a trust with your child where you can have a conversation with them but you're not their friend. You're there to protect them and to raise them. Yeah. I remember I, I, I ran a would be boyfriend away from my daughter years ago. Oh. <laughs> she was so, she was so mad at me. And uh, about three days after when she finally cooled off, um, she kind of says to me, why can't I said, this is a mistake. This guy's a mistake. And I had all my reasons. Mm-hmm. And she says, uh, well, why can't you just let me make my own mistakes? I said, Brittany, that's her name. I said, think about what you're asking me to do. You're asking me to sit on the edge of the river while you float by an inner tube and you're waving at me and you want me to wave at you. All the while, I know Niagara Falls is right around the corner. Right. I said, I can't do that. That's mm-hmm. uh, My job is to be a protector whenever I can, however I can. And in this case, this guy was not the right guy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> So I do want to kind of get into this. We uh, There's a book that you co-authored um, mm-hmm. with Jessica Midkiff, and uh, it's called Men Fight for Me. Um, yeah. It What it says is a role of authentic masculinity uh, in ending sexual exploitation and trafficking. 
So let's kind of break that down a little bit. What does this book actually go into? I kind of want to talk about that and maybe get some more insight into that. Yeah. And before I forget, we create a little website around it called fightforme.net. So you can go there and you can learn all about the various contributors and understand the bigger picture of that book at fightforme.net. Okay. And it's for sale on Amazon. You can just go right there, but we say, go to that website, take one more step and you're going to learn a lot and just be part of the conversation. And so, uh, the book itself, um, you know, seven years ago, I came to saving innocence and, Mm -hmm. Uh, for the longest time, I was the only man at Saving Innocence, a bunch of awesome rock star women and and then me. And now since then, we have a few more guys hanging around, but working at Saving Innocence. But um, I learned some things early on, and that was most of the buyers of sex are men. Mm-hmm. Most of the sellers or the traffickers are men. Mm-hmm. Uh, and And so it's like I'd go somewhere, some training or something. There's almost no men there. And it really bothered me. Like, we're the problem, guys. Us guys, we're the problem on this horrific crime of human trafficking. And there's almost no men as part of the solution. So I was at one of these events on a Saturday, down a church on a Saturday in LA, an awareness event. Mm-hmm. And there was a survivor on the stage. And um, she's in the book quite a bit. I'll tell you why here in a second. She's telling her story in the middle of her trauma. And she says, at one point, she gave up. She says, I could no longer fight for myself. I needed someone to fight for me. And that lit a fire inside of me because I already knew the biggest part of the problem is men. Men are the buyers. Men are the sellers. And now I have a trafficking survivor on the stage saying, I needed someone to fight for me. Yeah. Well, here's my lane. Like I can run a nonprofit, but my lane now is I'm a man. I know what a men think. Men think. I know how we are. And I know I've seen with my eyes, I know things that other men don't know. And I've seen things other men haven't seen. We're the problem. And it's going to take men to stand up against men. It's going to take podcasts like this. It's going to take me speaking to men's groups and other men, because men aren't going to be corrected very easily, very often by women. And the problem is men. I'm a man. So I quickly approached a number of survivors. Jessica, who you mentioned, is my co-author. She's a survivor of trafficking. I work with her at Saving Innocence. And then this woman who I mentioned is on the stage and five others. And um, they're sharing their story and their expertise. But in my male voice, it's a book for everybody. A lot of women are reading it and and really loving it. Uh But a good, you know, 25% of the book is me and my male voice challenging men, encouraging men to step up and live different. Um, and, and, and that's that, so that's the target audience is the male audience. And, um, we're trying to get men to see stuff they haven't seen before and live differently and treat women differently and teach your boys, teach your sons to think differently about who these girls are in their class and who they grow up to be. And, um, so that's a big conversation around all of that. Yeah. So I did notice one thing in here. It says, um, authentic masculinity. Can you kind of explain to me a little bit what you mean by that? Yeah, uh, I'm glad you asked that question. So if I'm going to say something is authentic, that must mean that there's an inauthentic version. Otherwise, why would you have to use the word authentic, right? So what I'm seeing in society portrayed in the media, social media, the movies, TV, music, is an inauthentic version of masculinity. Mm-hmm. is a, a cheapened, watered-down version, a diminished version, less than 100% of what a good, strong man should be and should be about. 
And so in this book, we point that out. We're looking for men to step into an authentic, a real and authentic, um, complete version of who they should be. Like, what's a real man? No one really knows. What does it mean to be a real man? There's no agreed upon definition. Is it right. a certain age? Did you graduate something? Did you have sex for the first time? Does that make you a man? Like, what is it? And so in chapter four of the book, I break it down. And I have four pillars of authentic masculinity that I did with my son, me and a couple of dads. And when our when our boys were five years old, we started this little men's group. We called it Braveheart um, was the oh. name of our group. And um if my video was on right now, you'd see a Braveheart poster on the room that I'm in. <laughs> and um, so we created four pillars. Here's what it means. Like, if you're going to know what the finish line is, if you know what the race you're running, you have to know the finish line. And so for our young boys, what does it mean to be a real man? What are you going to grow into? And so number one is he accepts responsibility. We need a bunch of men that are going to accept the responsibilities not run from them. I mean, we see it throughout our society. We have guys leaving marriages and letting somebody else raise their kids. We have guys, you know, just not doing what they should be doing. Right. And so not only accept the responsibilities that are directly on them, but we're looking for a bunch of men, a generation of men to step into the bigger problems of your community, of your neighborhood, of the world. Take some responsibility for creating solutions in this world. That's number one. Yeah. Uh, number two, he leads courageously. A real man is a courageous leader. And if we're going to put an end to sexual exploitation and trafficking and any big problem, we're going to need courageous men stepping up and challenging the men in their community. So, guys, if you're out there and and the guys, you know, maybe you know them really well, maybe you don't know them that well, but you, they're going to go and you know, go to a strip club or they're going to go and, you know, try to buy sex in some way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. It's going to take a courageous man to stand in his way. No, we're not doing that tonight. What do you mean we're not doing that? Because I'm not going to let you. Right. You know, <laughs> it's going to take <laughs> courageous leadership for men to have a positive message on social media if you're involved in that or whatever venue. It's going to take leadership and courage. Um, three, an authentic man, authentic masculinity is a man who lives a life of service. I, I've got this section in the book. There's a chapter where all these guys that I know, these awesome, strong men, um, wrote a couple of paragraphs. You know, hey, what's authentic masculinity to you? And mm -hmm. kind of getting different different voices talking about this so we can kind of pick and choose what try some different things on, if you will. Right. And this one guy says um, about in part of his conversation, uh, he says, a real man uh, gives. He doesn't take. And he says, as soon as a man takes, he loses all credibility. <laughs> and I love that. <laughs> um, so yeah. pillar number three is he, 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 uh, he lives a life of service. We're here to serve. Right. We're here to build up, not take down. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then the final and the fourth pillar is he understands that who he is, is more important than what he does. And so it's the idea of focus on the inward, focus on your character, your integrity, your follow through, all those kinds of things that are hard to see with the naked eye. Mm -hmm. So we, we just determined that a real man, an authentic man, someone living out authentic masculinity was doing all four of those things, practicing those things. And we were teaching our young boys. Um, that's what it meant. And we would meet together on a regular basis and maybe watch a movie that, you know, pulled out one or two of those themes. And we talk about it and do little field trips. And, and our hope was to raise young men, good, strong men who knew what it meant to be a good, strong man, one that yeah. brought freedom and healing, not oppression. And so 
in my humble opinion, that's what authentic masculinity is. And I offer it to the world. You can read the book and learn more about it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm liking this, you know, it's making me uh, think, you know, and uh, with my son, you know, he will, he just turned 11 and uh, it's, it's very important that our sons are taught those things because not everyone still teaches that way when it comes to their sons and daughters. And um, it's important that they are raised in that way. And I feel that that's a very important part of being an authentic man is doing what you said you did with your own children. Well, and you know, let's, yeah, let's change the world, but spoiler alert, it all starts in your own home. Correct. Yeah. And uh, later on in the book, there's a chapter and it will talk about looking in the mirror. Like, mm -hmm. that's great. Let's end this big thing called ex sexual exploitation. Let's, let's fix the broken world. Of course, there's plenty to, plenty to chew on there, but it all starts with us looking in the mirror and being the right kind of husband, being the right kind of father to our sons, being the right kind of father to our daughters. Yes. And then influencing the guys, you know, in your current orbit right now and, and walk with them and urge them to think about all this, you know, a great, we're not a shameless plug, but you know, buy a few of these books. And by the way, all the profits all, all the proceeds are benefiting survivors of trafficking. And so you can feel great about buying a case of these books and giving them to every man in your life. <laughs> <laughs> but but buy a few of them to the guys you run with and say, let's just read this together. Right. You know, let's, let's meet once a week. We'll have coffee or or lunch or whatever you want to do, however you, however you want to do it. Mm -hmm. And work through this content um, because it all starts at home. It all starts in our neighborhood and with our family. And if we can get enough men doing that, we'll cross the tipping point and make changes on a large scale. Yeah. Uh, you said one thing that uh, it, it made me think of something. You said that it starts at home. Yeah. One of the things that I remember hearing, and I think it's very important, is in a home where you have a daughter, make sure and teach them, this is how a man should treat a woman. Mm -hmm. That way they know, hey, that's not what I'm looking for. You know, that's not what they will maybe steer clear of those types of people, you know, and it's important for them to see, you know, well, a real man is not going to make me uncomfortable. You know, and it, those things are important. Like you said, starting at home, you have to train your kids and you have to teach them to, to be able to look out for that stuff. You know, your kids, both your sons and your daughters in a, in a different way. Yes. As they're growing up, they are desperately taking in examples of what it means to be a young man or a young woman. Mm -hmm. And they're looking for examples and you dad are the, the biggest, strongest example that's in their life that has the largest influence is you. They're taking it all in. They might not ask you questions very often about it. They may not repeat it, but they're watching you. And so how you treat women, how you treat their mother, whether you're married or not at this point to her, how yeah. you treat her, how you talk about her, how you treat the, the, the server, the female server, the waitress at the restaurant in, in their presence, Right. The kind of music you allow on their iPads and, you know, in their, in, in your home, the kind of movies you're watching, they're taking all that in and your young girls are going to be looking for someone that matches up to your example. Right. Okay. Like hold on to that for a second, guys, your daughter's a good chance is going to be dating someone and eventually marrying someone that is following the example that you set for her. So what is it that you're showing her? 
Yeah. Are you being intentional about it? And these young boys are out there and taking in the filthiest, vilest, most ridiculous, watered down, cheapened version of masculinity ever. Like you can't turn it off. You right. can't. You, you, there's no filter on them. They're going to and they're out of your when they're out of your house and they're at school in the classroom in the locker room. Mm-hmm. And so you, you have to show them and talk to them about what it means to be a real man. Right. You know, one of the things that I like to say is, you know, today we're growing up in an age and our kids are growing up in an age where you can literally pause your TV show. You can hit you can hit pause and you can have a real time conversation with your son or your daughter about the commercial that just came on. Like we right. all look at the commercial and we know they're selling sex in mm-hmm. order to get you to buy a hamburger. <laughs> but a young kid might not understand that. The young kid might just think it's a good looking hamburger. Right. And so you literally hit pause and say, hey, what do you think this company's trying to use to get your attention? And again, age appropriate, depending on how old they are and everything. Well, there's a barely dressed girl washing a car with soap suds on her, holding a hamburger. Like, let's talk <laughs> about that. Yeah. <laughs> and and then you can hit play again. You know, you, you, they haven't lost anything. Right. And, uh, so my encouragement for dads is engage, you know, the, the old Maverick engage, Maverick engage Top <laughs> gun. And so dads wake up, engage, get in the battle. It's a, ba- and it is a battle yes. and uh, engage in this conversation because your sons and daughters absolutely need it. And your grandkids will thank you for raising parents that are the right parents for your grandkids. So one thing that I did want to ask is what is something that we can do because uh, I know you guys are based in um, LA and everything. What is one way that we can get involved to help with the organization that you're a part of? That's a great question. Uh, if you go to savinginnocence.org, that's our mm-hmm. website. Um, you can learn about us. There's four or five videos on the website. Watch all those videos and kind of understand what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not a, a fundraising pitch, but but you did ask. Um, you could <laughs> you could become a donor to Saving Innocence, twenty dollars a month or whatever you want. That could help us practically. But there's also lists of things. There's Amazon wish lists that we have posted there. We're always celebrating birthdays of the kids that we take care of and graduation parties, and so we put different things on there. You know, the magical world of Amazon. Uh, we put things on a list and you just push a button. Couldn't be any easier. You don't have to go to a store anymore. <laughs> and that thing that we put on that list that will help us shows up at our office. Um, so you could do some Amazon wish list stuff. Um, you could donate if you wanted. Uh, you could follow us on all of our social media at Saving Innocence and be, again, become part of the conversation. And if you see something that you like, reshare it, retweet it, follow it, like it, all the social media things. And it'll just help. Uh, it'll help get the word out as to what's happening and it'll help awaken somebody else that otherwise wouldn't have any idea what's happening. If it weren't for you forwarding along something, sending the link to a video that you watch on our website, Hey, watch this video I just watched and let me know what you think. Yeah. Do all those things. And um, that, that would help. So one thing I, I was thinking about, and uh, if you can answer this or not, I don't know, but how many kids do y'all deal with on a daily basis? Because I know that you are dealing with kids to get them back into a normalized life and things like that after they've been a victim of this. So how many kids are you talking about that you're dealing with? Well, on an annual basis, um, it's between four and 500 a year, roughly, oh, wow. that um, we are, you know, case managers for and advocates for and 
We mm-hmm. met many of them out in the middle of the night uh, when law enforcement has called us into a, a trafficking situation. Right. Um, others of them have been referred to us through LA County and the Children and Family Services Department. But yeah, it ends up being around 450 to 500 a year um, wow. throughout the year. And, and that's just in LA County. Uh, so, yes. I, I mean, for my listeners, that's just there. Imagine the United States as a whole, how much that things like this is going on. It's insane. You know, the, uh, I mean, this really, it's scary to hear, you know, that there is this amount of people who are being victimized and put in these situations. The uh, the people that count things have thrown around the number 300,000 minors, children being trafficked in the United States uh, and through the course of the year, 300,000. Wow. And so um, those are almost exclusively U.S. born American citizens. We're not talking about kids being shipped in in a container from another part of the world, although some of that is happening. Mm-hmm. It's U.S. born American citizens in our schools, in our neighborhoods, a lot of them in our foster care systems. And, um, uh, yeah, it's a big number. And yeah. I, the, the word I have for anyone who will listen is it's bigger than you think. And it's closer than you think. Yeah. Um, because as I've mentioned a couple of times now, a uh, biggest piece of the pie chart is kids in foster care system. The biggest mistake that parents could make is, well, we're good parents. My kids aren't in a foster system. They're in my living room right now. I can see them like, so they're not at risk. Right. And I would say, no, I mean, it's a smaller percentage of those kinds of kids that are um, swept into this, but they absolutely are at risk, particularly if they're at the age of social media age, if they have a social media account, if you're letting them be online, um, if you're letting them out of your house, there's some level of risk and um, we need everyone to stand vigilant. You said this company was started about, uh, you said it was 2010, correct? Is when it was started? That's correct. So what are some of the accomplishments that you guys have uh, reached during that time? Um, We have um, served and supported over 2,000 children that um, have been uh, trafficked in Mm -hmm. our midst. And, um, you know, every one of those, if if it was just one child, think about if it was your child, Jared. Yeah. Uh, would, it be, would it be worth our organization and the money that we raise and the effort that we do to, to get your kid back to you and your home that you'd say, yes, right. That's worth Definitely. it. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Every one of those 2000 kids are a huge accomplishment that we're honored to be part of. Yeah. Um, we've also, you know, been able to speak at, at national levels. Um, you know, different ones of us have been on the ABC news. I spoke, uh, spoke on ABC last year talking about the Super Bowl and trafficking because the Super Bowl was in LA. Mm. Uh, I mentioned earlier, we started a, uh, a foster family agency a couple of years ago. We're launching it right now where That's awesome. um, we're the only second organization in the country that specifically focused on sexually exploited children and creating a foster family agency for those kids specifically. Yeah. We're, we're uh, recruiting and training the right parents and helping them understand the trauma they've been through and then supporting them along the way. And so that doesn't really exist out there. And so we feel like that's a great accomplishment. And so uh, honestly, the real accomplishment uh, lands in at the feet of the children that we serve because it requires so much strength and courage and resilience from them to get out of it. We can assist, we can facilitate, 
we can guard and protect, but really that child needs to cross over some barriers and uh, let themselves into a healing therapeutic environment. Like the, it, they have to be bought in. Right. And they're the ones with the, they're the real heroes and the real accomplishments. Um, we're just honored to walk with them as they do that. Yeah. So as a man, I have to ask you this. And as a father, I have to ask you this, okay. knowing what you know now, yeah beyond the things that you need to do to make sure that your family is protected and things like that. How did, whenever you first got into this, I'm sure it was a shock finding out what has happened and things like that. How do you cope with knowing those things? Oh, it's definitely a shock to the system. When I was seven years ago, learning about all this, uh, yeah. it's like, wait, what? I, yeah. I lose and sleep at night and, like, you got to be kidding me. Now, my kids are a little older now. Mm -hmm. um, I, my daughter is 34 years old. And okay. she this summer, she spent uh, about eight weeks in Europe. About half of that time was with with close friends. And my wife and I were actually in Spain with her for a week of that. Mm -hmm. But there was three or four weeks she was traveling on her own, kind of an adventure. I was oh. like a nervous, I was a nervous wreck. And she's 34 years old. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, I listen. understand. I need a proof of life every single day. Like I need a proof <laughs> of life from you because I'll be on the next plane if things go south. Right. So she's a mature, strong, aware 34 year old woman. Now what happened? Turn the clock back. If she was 14. Yeah. Um, you know, I would try not to be that crazy parent, but I do know too much. Right. And so what I would do would be just some of the basic stuff. We've touched on some of them. I would be very vigilant on the internet uh, parameters at no time would a child of mine be able to have their smartphone or computer in their bedroom mm. after hours. Mm -hmm. uh, it stays out on the counter. Nothing good happens on a little boy's bedroom uh, when he's got access to the internet and at two in the morning. So all Correct. of that for <laughs> sure, not yeah. possible. Yeah. Uh, we'd have the apps and the things you've already mentioned. There's a lot of different ways to do that. Um, and, and more than anything, the, uh, We've had survivors tell us, you know, we're not running to something, we're running from something. Right. So a lot of these kids that are running away from home and they get swept in by, you know, a trafficker. Yeah. And so it sounds a little bit, well, of course, obvious, but create a home and an environment where your kids want to be and yeah. make sure you have a relationship with your children more than just an authority. I'm your parent, you know, you're my child clean up your room, ha work hard from an early age at fostering an actual relationship that you can communicate with and talk through the harder things as they go through them later on in life. Yeah. Um, and when you start at a young age and you create a non-judgmental relationship where they can share things with you and you're not going to freak out, that's going to create the basis for them wanting to be home. You know, when our, our kids got a little bit older, my son actually got a little bit older meaning junior high, mm -hmm. we decided, okay, we're going to create the home that he and all his friends want to be at. Now we yeah. had a good relationship with him, uh -huh. but we added a pool table and a ping pong table in the garage. And we had a big screen TV where they could play video games. And we just had us, we just had the stuff here. Right. And at any given time, there was two to 12 kids in my house every day for about eight years from junior oh, high through high school. And my wife's Famous for chocolate chip cookies. They're coming out of the oven. We're bringing some pizza in if they were here at mealtime. Yeah. And um, we were happy to have them all here. Right. And and uh, because 
now I know where they are and where they are and I don't know where they aren't. So yeah. Yeah. It's, I wouldn't, I'm glad that my kids aren't young right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Right now is a very, uh, it's a very dangerous time for children and everything. And the thing is, is like you, you were talking about, they were trying to run away from things, which makes children a lot of times more, more vulnerable when it comes to uh, these uh, sexual predators and people on the internet that are trying to find people like that, they find kids, yeah. they find that vulnerable point in, in these children and exploit that. Well, and if there's a child who has actually run away from home because home is not good, mm-hmm. uh, well, they're still a child, right? They, they still don't have a job. They still don't have any work skills. They still need food, shelter, and clothing. Yes. And there's, Plenty of predators out there that can spot that. They can spot the vulnerability. Yeah. And they start, they know exactly what to say. They can say the exact right things that that child needs to hear. And, and they can provide the exact things that that child actually needs. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, that child is indebted to that predator. And what's insidious is it's very seldom is it a violent encounter where there's like a, a a violent kidnapping occasionally that kind of thing does happen but usually it's somebody who's posing as a would-be boyfriend a few years older mm-hmm. and starts complimenting this girl and starts giving her things that she needs and you know telling her she's beautiful and what 14 15 year old girl doesn't want to be told that she's beautiful by some cool guy and right. and uh, he's giving her a bracelet and buying her lunch and you know she hasn't had enough life experience to know the difference, to understand that he has bad intentions. And to the naked eye, you can't tell he has bad intentions anytime soon. It it looks like it's on the up and up, like a good relationship, a good guy. And then at some point when she gets in emotionally and, you know, all of a sudden he says he loves her. Mm -hmm. Now, so far, whether you're 15, 25, 35, or 45, you want to have somebody pay attention to you and notice you. Right. And take care of you and care about you. Like mm-hmm. that's not that's not a wrong desire. That's something that all of us as human want to be in relationships with other people. The problem is when you're 14, 15, or 16, you lack the life experience and the brain development to understand that that person has bad intentions. And before you can get out and before and while it's too late, you suddenly are indebted to him. And then it and then it can turn violent and oppressive in the middle of it. And suddenly, how do I get out? Where do, how did I get here? And how right. do I get out? And they're yeah. stuck. Yeah, that and that that's a that's a scary situation, you know, to be stuck like that. I this whole thing, you know, it does it, it gives you anxiety because I'm just sitting here thinking about my own children, you know, and yep. having them go through that, and you, it, it makes you realize what what are things that I can do, steps that I can take in my own household to prevent this from happening. Uh, read the book, Men Fight for Me. <laughs> <laughs> And, Most definitely. But we, we absolutely spend a lot of time with some real practical um, things to do in, in that book. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's kind of here's the macro picture. Here's how we end all. Here's what we, how, how we solve it. Big picture. And here's how the stuff you can do in your home. So we do go into that too much for, you know, the end of this podcast. But um, the biggest thing that you can do right now is to treat your wife with respect, love your wife. 
and go on a date night with your wife. Let your kids see that. Let your yeah. kids see you romantic, romanticize your wife. Take her out. Get a babysitter and right. let them know you're doing it because you love your wife. Now you're giving your daughter and your son an invaluable lesson. Yeah. And then be in a relationship with them. Um, I started a thing when my daughter was uh, five years old. We said we start the father-daughter getaway. I actually go through it in the book. But the father-daughter getaway, she's all, what's that? I said, well, I'm the father. You're the daughter. We're going to get away. What do you mean? And uh, <laughs> So once a year, we had this thing for a long time. We'd spend all year planning and we're going to go on something, just her and I, that she you know, wanted to do. And it changed as she got older, whether it was Disneyland or camping or horseback riding, these things, an adventure for a weekend. Now, we would do stuff throughout the year and just, you know, do all the other things. But right. once a year, big thing. And then you take the pictures, you have these memories. And then my son was a few years behind her. Well, where's my getaway? So then we did the father son getaway with him. Yeah, And um, we were snowboarding or, you know, all the different things that I would do with my son. And so you just begin the baby steps, right. none of them rocket science, have that relationship with your children. Um, I have a little mantra in the book that um, we're looking for men to do it themselves and to teach their young boys to honor, serve and protect women. The society that we're living is doing anything but honoring, serving and protecting women. And so we're going to teach our sons. This is what it means to be a real man. You're going to honor, serve, and protect women. Well, in order for that message to have carry any weight, you have to do it yourself, dads. You have to honor, serve, and protect women. Honor, serve, and respect and protect women right in your home and then all those in your, in your world. And if you can do those things, the vulnerability quotient, the pie chart of vulnerability for your child is going to shrink so small because you're going to have a relationship with them. There's going to be honesty. They're going to have boundaries around things like social media and computers at night. And right. uh, you're off to a great start. Awesome. Well, I just have a couple more questions and before I get you off of here. Um, so I, I know the overall goal is to end this, but do you have, does the organization have any uh, short-term goals that they're looking to do in the next few years? Uh, that's a great question. Thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, the short-term goal, I mentioned we're in the process of launching our foster family agency. And so um, you know, hiring the social workers that'll be specifically dedicated to that, um, recruiting and training the right families. So we're trying to have eight families in place, taking kids, you know, the kids that we have. And so right now we have three approved families. We're trying to get to eight. That's a short-term goal. Okay. Um, and then, um, you know, see what else, there's a number of other things that we're working on. There's certainly always fundraising goals, uh, launching our foster family agency. One of the things that we're looking at in this next year, 2023, is to launch our own mental health department within Saving Innocence. Um, yeah. We found that no one knows our kids and what they've been through like we do. So we're going to train up and certify our own mental health therapists from our own staff and then take these kids through a specific mental health program, which is what they need. To, you know, Again, the people that study things and measure things will say mm -hmm. that a child trafficking survivor is experiencing the same or greater levels of PTSD than an Iraq or Afghanistan war veteran. Oh, wow. So literally a guy in a foxhole with bombs blowing up around him uh -huh. has the same stress, the same PTSD as a child who's been trafficked right in our midst. Mm. So it's going to take a lifetime to unwind and untangle all that. And so we're committed to getting to the place where we can do that as well. Awesome. Is there maybe anything else that you want to uh, uh, bring up before I get you off of here? Well, and this will be maybe just a teaser. I don't, we probably don't have a lot of time to fully unpack it, but I would just, I would urge 
dads that are listening, um, you might tune out for a couple reasons. One, well, my kids were in a good home. I'm a good parent. And so our kids aren't. So I would say don't tune out because of that. Mm-hmm. Your kids are still at risk in this world that they're living in. And then I would also urge dad and men, all men, whether you're a dad or not, um, to just when you think about authentic masculinity ending sexual exploitation, you might say, I'm not buying sex. Like I'm not going down to the corner and buying a 15 year old. Like that's gross. Are you kidding me? So you may have already tuned out. Um, (laughs) You may have already thought this isn't for me. And so through the course of the book, we expand the definition of what sexual exploitation is. Yes. Human trafficking, buying a trafficking victim is the worst example of men gone wrong but there's so many other things leading up to that that feed this ugly beast mm-hmm. like for example and we t- we address it in the book quite a bit um you know women too but men predominantly is the biggest part of the audience that are consuming various levels of pornography mm-hmm. and so i want to urge men and just help you understand if you are someone dabbling if not full-on addicted to pornography, most of the women that you see on that screen don't want to be there. They're being coerced in some way. In fact, some of them are being trafficked into that movie set, meaning they have no choice. They have to be there. It's non-consensual. So non-consensual sex is called rape. Mm -hmm. So I would like for men to understand that when they look on their phone or their tablet or computer after hours, when their wife's gone to bed, you're literally getting some kind of gratification from watching somebody else get raped. And we, we quote a survivor in our book that says, every time somebody watches this video, they're watching me being raped and there's millions of views already on that video and she can't take it down. So it's a little bit sobering because I know a lot of men listening right now are probably looking at porn, uh, you know, at some point in their life. And I just want you to understand that that is feeding the dark, ugly beast in this society and in many ways actually is human trafficking and sexual exploitation for sure. Most of the women don't want to be there. And um, how can we possibly patronize something and monetize the rape of vulnerable people. Yeah. I mean, there's no easy way to say that, Jared, but that's Mm-mm. the actual truth. So right. I want men to wake up. I want men to urge, I'm urging men to wake up and examine, look in the mirror, examine their own life and live your life in such a way that your life and your actions are in sync with a non-exploitive culture, the kind of culture you want your daughters to grow up in. And uh this book is not man shaming, it's not, you know, calling out a bunch of people for their stupid behaviors. Right. It's come to me on this journey. Here's some things I've learned. Here's some heroes that I've gotten to know along the way. And we're going to offer to you uh, what the problem is. We're going to break it down and we're going to offer to you what the solutions can be. And we invite you into this journey and this process because it's important. And uh, if we don't end it soon, it could hit closer to home than you ever thought imaginable. And we don't want that. Right. No. All right, man. Well, it, I want you to tell us one more time, where can we find the book and where can we follow you guys at? Uh, and how can we get involved the most? Go to fightforme.net. It's a little website. The book is for sale there. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
these survivors that are in the book. It's their, they've got their bios there. Some of them have written books. I'd love for you to buy their book and follow them on social media and just enter the conversation at fightforme.net. Go to savinginnocence.org. That's uh, the uh, agency that I work at. Poke around there. Look for all the stuff that you can find. Uh, we'd love to have you join our team. And uh, if you're in Southern California, you can volunteer. If you're not in Southern California, you can send us stuff. <laughs> and you'll find <laughs> that stuff on that website. And then at Saving Innocence is the social media. And we have at Fight For Me Book and social media around the book. And uh, I, I would just encourage everyone, just take another step forward in yeah. all of this. Yeah, it, It's huge. It's the fastest growing crime in the world. We must stand up to it. Yes. And so take another step forward. Buy a case of books. Give them to all the men in your life. Proceeds are going to benefit uh, survivors of trafficking. And um, the world will be a better place if we can get enough men doing that. All right, man. Well, it has been great talking to you. I appreciate you coming on here and enlightening us on this stuff because there was things that I had no idea about until I uh, started talking to you. And I appreciate you coming today. Thank you so much. And one final uh, plug, Jared, is we're actually in the process of finishing up right now, putting this book in an audio format. And we brought in all the survivors uh -huh. and a bunch of the other professionals have come into the studio. And they've recorded their story and their words and their voice. And so now we've got this collage of about 20 different voices telling the story through the book. It's oh, wow. where I'm hearing some of the you know, some of the rough drafts. And it's incredibly powerful to hear the actual survivors that say these really important things in the book and there it's their voice saying it. So that audio book will be out. I'm not sure when our goal is January, although okay. I don't, I don't right now, that seems a little optimistic, but we're that close. <laughs> so keep checking back at fightforme.net. We'll post it there. You can get the paper book, but then also, you know, a lot of people are driving and exercising and going for walks, like a, a great way to consume this important content. Just, you know, get the audio version and that'll be coming out soon. So check back often. Awesome. All right, man. Well, you have a wonderful night. You too. Thanks for having me. Appreciate think, it. Uh -huh. Are you in middle school? Or do you have a middle schooler? If you said yes to either of the above, then listen to me and my dad on our podcast, The Middle School Month. If you listened to us last season, we covered a variety of topics such as life at school, video games, and Sun even interviewed special guests like the head writer of the 10 News podcast and middle school teachers. And we are back for season two. And who knows what's going to happen while I'm in seventh grade this year. You can find our podcast, The Middle School Mind, on our website, themiddleschoolmind.com or on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is the Showcase Alex Royal, brand new host of When This Microphone Hits My Mouth, You, well, you get the idea. We're going to be bringing you guys new episodes every single week, keeping the same popular style format that we had on What Can You Offer, my other podcast with John Cross. Be sure to check that one out because every once in a while you might see another special episode and you never know, John might cameo on this one every once in a while. But we're going to bring you unique perspectives on all things Oklahoma wrestling, pop culture, entertainment, podcast, and really, honestly, just anything that pops up. We're just going to have a free-for-all, have conversations, have guests, and have a grand old time. So be sure to check us out every single week. The goal is to have a new episode drop every single Friday. So you, yourself, 
your friends, and everybody else listening to this right here can check us out. Be sure to check back. Hi everyone, I'm Lisa. And I'm Dawn. And if you've ever watched a TV show and thought to yourself, oh my god, that season finale plot twist was absolutely bonkers. Or seen a movie and thought, wow, I need to talk to somebody about this train wreck immediately. Then we think you'll fit right in with our podcast, I Hate It, Let's Watch It. We watch TV shows like Riverdale and Emily in Paris. And movies like Deep Water, Killer Sofa, Rubber, and Deadly Illusions. And we give them the total rinse they deserve. It's basically group therapy for movie masochists. So come check us out wherever you stream podcasts. All right, everybody. I hope that you enjoyed that episode with Alan Smith from Saving Innocence. Um, Look into their stuff. Go and support them. I'm going to try to do my part to help support them as well. This is a very important subject, and uh, you will be hearing me talk about this subject a little bit throughout the month because I do believe that this is an important thing that doesn't need to just go by the wayside. But I really enjoyed talking to him, and like I said, I felt like this was an eye-opening episode, and I hope that you guys feel the same way about it. So I've got some pretty cool guests that are coming up in the next few weeks. I've got anything from wrestlers to uh, even writers, and I have uh, ex-WWE writers and comedians and all kinds of people that are coming up. So you guys just stay tuned for some of these great episodes that I have coming up. I think you guys are really going to enjoy them. I have uh, Nathaniel Grayson, who will be on in the next few weeks. I've got a few recordings that I'm going to be making up. I have one that uh, I told you I was going to be talking with Tommy Dean. Um, I'm actually going to be recording with him a little later this month, so I hope to get that episode out uh, pretty quickly afterwards. Also, I will be having on Burt Cameron. He is a wrestler out of the uh, Kansas and Missouri area. I've got to see him wrestle a couple times, and uh, he's a great guy. I've had a lot of fun talking with him, getting to know him, and I can't wait for you guys to hear what he has to say. Um, I've got some pretty cool stuff, and uh, I can't wait for you guys to see it. I do have more merch coming. The mugs are coming in the next few weeks. I will be uh, advertising for those. So, yeah, be on the lookout for the new mugs. Go out and get my merch on the shirts that I have on Shirtcasters. I have links to all of that in the show notes, and I'll have links on my Facebook and meet all, all my social media pages for that. So go out there and uh, purchase those things. They help me to keep the show going, and uh, I appreciate all the help that I can get. I want to give a shout-out to OIW Podcast Network. They are awesome people. They have uh, really made me feel like one of the guys when it comes to being part of their network, and uh, I thank them for it. Go over there, listen to some of these other great podcasts that are there. Um, the Gilmy Talks podcast is a really good one that I enjoy a lot. Um, there's so many of them, uh, more than I can mention on here, but uh, yeah, go out, give them a listen. They've got some really great stuff on there. Um, If you guys want to follow me on social media, you can do so. I have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Hive. I'm in all kinds of different places that you can find me. And if you just go and search, if you give a data podcast, you can find me on any of those. Um, If you want to look up specifically on certain ones, you can find me on Facebook, and that's at IYGADAP. You can find me on Instagram, and that's at Give a Dad a Podcast. And on Hive and Twitter, it's Dad Podcast 11. 
go and follow me on those. You can also find me on TikTok. You can find me on Snapchat. Uh, I just noticed the other day that I'm starting to get a few followers on the Snapchat as well. So I will be starting to use that a little bit more and more. That way you guys can see other content besides what I produce already. Um, if you want to send me an email to tell me what you think of this episode, uh, do so. Uh, I want to know what you guys have, what what you guys think. Um, if there's something you would like me to talk about on this show, if there's a guest that you would like me to bring on, send me a message, send me an email. Uh, I have a Gmail account, and that's uh, giveadatapodcast at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you guys. If you could go out there and rate and review this episode, that way I know how you guys feel about it, what you guys think of this episode. Let me know if you think it sucks or if you like it. Um, you can go on Spotify or Podbean or iTunes or any of those and give me a rating and I will see it. I look forward to hearing from you guys and I look forward to bringing you more great content. I also want to give a shout out and a thank you to Decure. He is the guy who created the ending song that I have now on this podcast. Um, makes me feel really awesome having that on there. He's a great guy and I do look forward to having him on again this year. Um, go and look up his music. I'll have links to his music as well. I'll also have links to my guests' stuff on the show notes as well. So go out there, look at all this stuff, and uh, yeah, just tell me what you think. Um, and go listen to all these great people that I've mentioned. I love you guys. I hope that you have a wonderful week, and I will see you next time. Bye. On. He calls us beautiful people, then tells us who we have on. The best part of my day, the world blocked out in my pods. Tell my friends all about it so that they follow along. And the host is kind of nerdy, but guess what? I am as well. I don't feel so alone, and I began walking out of my shell. Heard a story, I need a connection I haven't felt. I'll be looking for the next one, tell then farewell. It's the podcast for me. Have it on, better go see. Listen closely, download and tune in remotely. It's the podcast for me. Have it on, better go see. And listen closely, download and tune in remotely. This podcast is part of the OIW Podcasting Network.